This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Applied Botanics, the leader in premium, consistent, and affordable CBD products. So happy to have them as a sponsor of this podcast because for me and many other people, their CBD oils work. And what's cool about Applied Botanics is that their CBD isn't one size fits all. They have five different products, comfort, focus, recovery, tranquility, and vitality that are targeted to certain health issues like stress, sleep, and pain relief. Listeners of this podcast will receive 30% off their first order with code word Project at checkout at AppliedBotanics.com. And that's on top of their already low price, which is nearly half the price of other brands because they feel that using CBD products should not require a payment plan. Applied Botanics, live happy and healthy. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Keller's Lawn Care, Landscaping, and Garden Center. I have been using Keller services for over three years now. So again, a service that I use and stand behind. It is a family-owned business who recently expanded to a new location in Exeter, Pennsylvania to provide you with a garden center as well. Let them assist you with landscape design and installation, mulch, rock, plants, trees, mowing, edging, pruning, trimming, you name it. If it's in your lawn, Keller's has you covered. Visit them online on their social media pages for more information. My guest today is no stranger to the music scene in Northeastern Pennsylvania. He's been in bands like Those Clever Foxes and Old Charades, and most recently, the man behind American Buffalo Ghost. We talk about the new release from American Buffalo Ghost called Folk Songs and the Weird Americana, which is streaming everywhere right now. We also talk about what he's been up to the last year, why he scrapped the first attempt at the new record, our past lives in radio, and lots more. Welcome to the show, Sean Flynn of American Buffalo Ghost. And we're live. Welcome to the show, Sean Flynn. Howdy. Of, of many bands. Yes. Those Clever Foxes, Old Trade. Uh, yeah. And what we're here to talk about tonight, American Buffalo Ghost. Yes. Yeah. yeah you, 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 wow, you dropped the fox's name. That's. Uh, did I get them all right? Yeah, you did. You did. Right. But it's so weird to hear anybody still like refer to me as like in those clever foxes. It's like the most, that we're like the most inactive, active band in the history of Scranton, to be honest. It's like we're not even really a band anymore, but yet people still assume we are. It's really weird. Well, <laughs> it's a part of your history, Sean. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm aware. I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) So what's up, man? Nothing. Just just hanging out, Um, you know, just living, still living in the quarantine life as it is. Uh, uh, The light at the end of the tunnel, I think, is coming now, though. I think. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Vaxxed up. Uh, I got got the two shots. Um, What'd you get? We still got to be careful, though. I don't like this. It's not like it's a get-out-of-jail-free card that I think a lot of people just think it is. They're just like, eh, you, know, you know, like, no, I know people who got two shots and then they ended up getting it, you know? Yeah, so. it's, it's it's weird, too, because I don't, I, don't I don't know if I want to get into this because I, I made a post the other day and I had to take it down because um, people are very... Uh, passionate i guess you could say about you know anti-vaccine vaccine this that other thing and the cdc put out that you know those who are vaccinated can you know remove their their masks and my concern was um you know can can we trust everyone to you know follow the uh the honor system well And is it important? Is it important? Because people say, well, if you're vaccinated and someone else isn't, why should you worry about it? Well, you know, I got to just assume those people who are filling up their uh, cars with uh, garbage bags of gasoline really are on top of what safety protocol is. So I'm going to listen to those people. So, I mean, I don't want to get into it because I I I had to make the joke. I'm sorry. Dude, I did funny funny observation. That was part of my post was, you know, we have people out there filling, you know, or hoarding gas and we're expected to, you know, live on the honor system. 
And that goes with anything. That's that the honor system. That's it, a universal term for you know living an honest life. Uh, and sometimes we don't always do that. But I, again, I don't. Listen, I'm vaccinated. If you're not, I don't care. Like that's your choice. That's your motive. I, I'm, I'm not one of those people that are going to sit here and say, you know, you have to be vaccinated because it's your choice. I, I strongly no, believe I, that. I completely, completely agree. And it's like. Like I actually had like a small little, I don't want to say confrontation, but I definitely had a, a, a moment where someone talked to me and said like, like, why did you get the vaccination? And I immediately just said, the fuck do you care? And they just shut up. They didn't know what to say to that. I was like, straight up. I was like, the fuck do you care? And oh, okay. And that was literally the, the end of the conversation. And it was like, I don't care if you don't get vaccinated. It's none of my business. So what business is it of yours if I want to get it? Who cares? Right. Right. Leave me alone. You know, I hate to have such a selfish, uh, in a corner mentality about it. Like, But it's like, you know, I think we're all getting a little on edge now with everything, though. But uh, yeah, you know. well, it's, it's like everything. It's like this this tribal mentality. And it's, it's, it's if you're not on my side, you're the enemy. Well, yeah. Well, matter what side it is if you're whatever it might be Uh, again i'm not saying i'm not talking about vaccine versus you know no vaccine i'm just saying just people in general whether it's you know your political uh affiliation or you know your baseball team i mean we could it goes as far as that like if you're not if you're if you're not a red sox fan f you or if you're not a yankees (laughs) fan f you i mean granted like i hate the yankees and i I hate the yankees okay great sean we have a great time tonight yeah, I, I hate the Yankees. And you know what, too? What's, what's really cool, too, is that you're wearing a Coors. Is a Coors Banquet? Yeah, Coors Banquet shirt. Yeah. Okay, Coors Banquet. I've got my Coors Light uh, button. On. These are all little little mountains. Yes. We didn't plan this, yet, so let me hear what and, and yet, a little joke between you and I. A lot of nobody will get this, though, but drinking an Oma Gang while wearing okay. the Coors shirt. So, you know, you get yes. it. Yes. I, I should have. Well, I have. Here's how bad I am. I have an empty. I mentioned this to you, Brewdog uh, beer. Uh, I, I chose not to drink tonight. Um, I should have had one just in case. I should have it ready for you just in case you were. But No, I see the thing is I don't even really drink that much anymore. I really don't. Like over like I was like, you know, the last year everybody used everything as an excuse to just completely get, you know, I don't want to say lazy, but just comfortable in new habits. And uh, and then especially towards the election and then the holidays and everything like that, everybody was just drinking and eating like pigs. That's natural. But on top of the year, everything was really whatever. But I was like, I went, even by my standards, I was like, I'm hitting it a little too hard. So my wife and I really kind of cooled it on the sauce starting earlier this year. And we both lost weight. We changed our diet. We're really healthy. We're doing good. But I had such a bad work week last week and it carried over into today, which was the worst thing that could happen of like, you have a bad Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you just are like stewing on it all weekend. And you just go, man, okay, if that was last week, let's start on a good foot. Shit carried over to today. And I was like, fuck it. I'm having a beer. So you're seeing me have a rare week beer. Because like I don't really, I only drink on the weekends when I have a few beers and everything like that. Though, but to have a beer on a Monday is like now like a whoa thing. So, eh. <laughs> cheers to Monday beers. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, start on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, last year was an interesting year, uh, and obviously that year carried uh, over into this year. Yeah. Um. Like you said, we're kind of hoping to see the light at the end of the tunnel here. But yeah, man, I mean, I was definitely hitting it a little harder. Well, not hard. It was just more often. Like it was like it went from drinking maybe three times a week to six or seven times a week. Okay. Yeah. That was, I wasn't like sitting on my couch getting blackout every single night. What you just said was what I was doing instead of having it like, uh, Oh, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. It was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, having one or two beers. And it's like, those add up, you know, like I wasn't getting drunk. It was just the decompression of it, but it was definitely like, Oh, my wife's home. We called it. We called it. We We totally called it. Um, 
but uh it it just turned into like that like just having that beer one or two beers every single night then you started noticing you've been drinking one or two beers every single night and you start yeah. to get a little punchy and you're mm-hmm. like well why is that kind of a thing so that what you just said is a hundred percent where i was halloween all the way to no, uh, january 1st of last year to this year Okay. See, I took, I took October off. I actually did sober October, which was the first time that I had been sober, uh, you know, for I probably longer than, you know, five consecutive days in 38. Well, it's time I was 37. So like, you know, like probably 17, 18 years, like, like seriously, like, that's, I'm like, wow, do I have a, do I have a problem? Like, do I have a drinking problem? Now again, I'm not like it wasn't like I was drinking every single day, every single night. It was it was just that like I couldn't tell you the last time, you know, a week went by that I hadn't had a drink. Uh, you know what? That is also kind of this is turning into like a Mark Marin podcast all of a sudden. <laughs> just <laughs> you know, um, uh, it, you know what? That actually kind of also crossed my mind a little bit of like, man, do I have a problem? Do am I borderline a problem? And then I read up on like what constitutes people who are addicted to alcohol. And then it was scary to see like, no, you don't have a, it's like, you just have a, like a, like a, a fuck it problem. That's what I was calling it. it was like, <laughs> you know? And like, I, I have a joke with my wife where it's like when in doubt, freeze a glass. Cause I always like to have a cold glass for a beer. I was like chilled glasses. Um, but again, it would never go past one or two, beers right it would always just be that like first fuck it beer and then the like i'm gonna enjoy the second one but then when i was like what you said of like do i have a problem here what's going on and then you see what constitutes alcoholism you're like no no like thank you thank thank whatever's up there thank god i don't have that problem um i just had a massive fuck it problem (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, and then that, that had to reel that in though but um, I'll tell you what though what, once I stopped drinking as much as I did uh, man I'll tell you what I, I cannot tell you the value of sober sleep consecutive nights like just straight sleep like the hardest thing I'm drinking is tea and I'm like going to bed at like 9.30 and I'm like waking up the next day and I feel great. I'm like, man, that's, that's worth not having like a couple beers at night anymore. So I got real into that. But again, you're catching me on an off night, man. It's been a long week carrying into now. So this will be it for me. This will last the interview and I'll be done. Well, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I substituted the booze with uh, CBD oil. Uh-huh. And if you'd like to try CBD products, Visit AppliedBotanics.com. Use code word Project at checkout and receive 30% off your order. <laughs> I, I, you know what, man? I, I went down that rabbit hole too, and I really dug it. Yeah, I really dug the oil. So I might have to use that. Thanks for the plug. There you go. Proud sponsor <laughs> of the Popco Project. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, like, you know, you're, we're, we're both social people, you know, you, uh, you know, I, I don't know your entire background. I know you, I know of you, you used to work at a radio station. Um, you can say the name if you choose to, uh, you were in bands, you know, you hosted a local radio show. I hosted a local radio show. Um, I was never in bands, but I was always out and about seeing bands. So like, we're very similar in a way. Um, yeah. But it just so happens that, you know, it, doing those things, um, minus host and radio show, uh, beer goes very well with them. So, <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I, um, I remember the radio days when I was doing, um, for those people who don't know what they're called, you already know what I'm going to talk about, how I say this. For people, they're called remotes, which is where they have the, hey, we're live from so-and-so from seven to nine, you know. Those are called remotes. I had to engineer those. Also, is an engineer's job is that you were considered promotions and whatever 
it was like particularly like in the summer you would get the big contract in say late spring of say Coors Light is throwing down the money for the summer remotes so you know that was it and I vividly remember my head boss the head of the whole thing he would come up to me that whatever kickoff to the summer season because summer was always working I was doing four four remotes a week and uh, I was always at a different bar I mean which sounds great when you're like 22 years old but it was like you know you got real tired after like the third week of going to the same bar and you like you still got to go all the way to august you know but this was this was but that's that was technically work but my boss vid, i vividly remember this because i was like wow what a, what a job is he said um now look bud light or coors light miller Light, whoever it was they were like they're paying for this so you need to be seen drinking just that beer and you are, and he would, this is how he worded it, encouraged to look like you're having a good time. So that means I had to be seen with an alcoholic beverage in my hand with that logo from the entire duration of the event. Even though I was in charge of all the sound equipment, all of the transmission equipment and the band. So I had to drive all the gear back at the end of the night. I could be in Bloomsburg for all I know, but I had to have that beer in my hand. So it was a real like, you got to learn how to work it kind of a thing um, to kind of what you said about how beer and radio go hand in hand. So like, yeah, that's a long story. I completely sidetracked though, but that's a, that's a, the back of the radio world that people don't know about, which was yeah. when it was fun. So no, I know. And I remember back in the day when I was at the weekender, we used to do, uh, and it may even be, we may have even partnered with the X. Um, we did like summer deck series parties. Yeah. So yeah. and they were always hosted by Coors Light. We, we partnered with them on it. And I remember the one year, I think it was 2006. It was like a Coors Light, like carnival theme type thing. And um, we went to Buzzy's Bazaar and I got a bunch of like, you know, uh, patio slash like carnival slash bazaar games. And one was a can crusher. Like you, you put the can in the thing and it's a, a big mallet and you smash yeah. these cans. And I said, well, what better can to smash than a Coors Light? I mean, it's a Coors Light promotion. We can't go smashing full cans of beer. So I spent the entire summer like pounding Coors Light. Yeah. We had these empty cans for the, the, the Friday or Saturday night to smash them. Oh, man. I miss radio. I miss those days of radio because I joined... I was uh, 97.9X and those those stations and everything like that. Um, I joined the following summer, 2007, and I still had a lot of the older uh, – they were all older than me guys, but they were running the engineering and promotions department, and I was the young guy, so I had to always go along and do stuff with them. And I saw a lot of crazy things, and I just – oh, man, so like – yeah, what you saw like was nothing compared to what it was 20 years prior to that. Oh yeah. That's what they all Which said is, too. They were like, Oh, like, you know, you're like, Oh, you, you missed the kid. You should have been here in like uh 2002, 2001. Like that's when it was out of control. Yeah. Um, well, I was like, I'm having a good time. And get paid, <laughs> so I don't care. Yeah. So, some of the stories that the DJs told me uh, that they had, you know, 20 years ago, I'm like, wow, you cannot do that today. Like you literally like, yeah, you're married and all that kind of stuff, but like outside of that, you could not do what you said you just did today. No, no way, no, no way. I mean, again, I there was some shit that I don't, I don't think I want to. I'm not even going to go into no, detail. Don't do I'm it. not even going to do. There was just some. Uh, just I have very good memories. That's yeah, all I'm secrets. saying. I miss secrets. It. I miss it. Yes. Well, listen. Let's not yeah. get too off, too far off topic here. That's awesome, man. That's great. We just completely shanghaied and we're just like, fuck it, we're going off script. That's, <laughs> that's, it's like when you and I like talk, we always end up just completely swapping war stories from the radio days, and that's it. <laughs> well, that's why I love doing this because I mean, it's yes, we're here, we have an agenda, we're going to talk about the new record from American Buffalo Ghost, but I really enjoy talking to people like they're people. I mean, you know. We all went through a terrible year, uh, mm -hmm. and I don't like talking about it because I feel like it's all we talk about, but 
at the end of the day, I mean, it was it was a shitty year, and we're still kind of going through it. Uh, we're, we're we're what 12, 13, like fifteen months in now. Fifteen, yeah, fourteen oh, yeah. months. That's crazy. Um, and the last time I think we spoke, you were going to release a record, but you never did. Is that true? Like, yeah, yeah. The last time you and I spoke, I was getting ready to release the album that I thought was going to be my record. This we were talking about the single that, that I put out. Yes, and it's like, do you remember like when we were talking? I said there was a song that I just like couldn't quite get and it was still bothering me and it was like going on i was i was very like uh very i don't want to say flaky but very like just dodgy on certain my expressions and stuff about the album and i was like yeah it's gonna come out and all that stuff and then just the longer i sat with it i just fucking hated it and i listened to it and i'm like that was bad. I shouldn't have done that. The arrangements were bad. I just, I, you could tell I'm like, this is like, there was a song on the record that you could tell it was like the third time I ever sang the thing, which is not how it should be for a, a record that you're trying to prop up. Um, so I just scrapped it, man. And I just kind of went into a real, I'm not depressive state, but definitely just a different mindset. I really needed to clear my head and it's just so, so weird at the timing of like how we were stuck at home for a year. And I said this before to a couple other people and everything though, but I, I used the best of that time. And I really, really kind of went inward and really kind of be like, just soul searching a little bit and trying to just work on me a little bit. And I took that year to really do it. Um, yeah. And that album, if I put that record out, the one that you and I were talking about just almost kind of around this time last year, oddly enough, we're coming up on like a year, almost maybe a week or two in the other direction. But, um, but if I would have put that record out, I probably would have been so embarrassed that I probably would have never even played anymore under this. That's how much of it was like, I can I don't want to do this anymore. But the song worked and it still does. The one that you yes. talked about. That was that's still the on my new record. But that one worked. Yeah, so. and it, well, it's really funny. And and you, like everyone else, said that you were able to really kind of slow things down last year and kind of Reflect on you know who you were as an individual and kind of you know clean your house. Yeah, so how, many, how many times have you heard someone say that by now? It, dude, dude, every single time. So, but what's different? That what you just told me. Um, a lot. There's a lot of people who either put music out last year or waited and, and they're putting it out now. And I said, you know, and they're like, oh, we we had it done before the pandemic. And I'm like, well, how did you sit on that? Because a lot of people, and I think if I was a musician and a writer or whatever, if I sat on that for that long, I probably would have went back to it. I would have been like, that sucks. I got to fix this. I, and a lot of them said, no, like, you know, we just kind of let it be. It is what it is, what it is, but you're saying, you know, that you kind of did the opposite of that. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I just, it, that record took three weeks to make on and off, but over a period, like, if you add up the days, it was like three weeks and I still wasn't hundred percent happy with it. this record, nine and a half hours. And I am like, it's the greatest thing I've done personally in my mind that I, I can't like, I don't want to be like, I, I'm a goddamn genius. You know, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying that, but like, you're proud of it. You know, you're saying. I just, I am so proud of the record that I made. And again, nine and a half hours compared to three and a half, three weeks, and I wasn't hundred percent on it. Right. I think that says it right there. Yeah. So the record is called Folk Songs and the Weird Americana. Um, I'm not a big folk guy. Um, <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's songs I, I like on the record. Um, 
But what what are some of the songs about? And because it, it honestly, it almost sounds like. And I don't know if this was done on purpose, but it, it almost sounds as if you are playing these songs out live somewhere and telling a story. Um, yeah. Um, well, that's, that's what the whole point of that kind of music is to tell the story. That's what in my mind is, is but like, it also sounds like it though too. It sounds like you're on a stage, like, like by yourself almost. And you're, and you're like singing like live. That's well, what, that's, yeah, I did. I guess I did. I did. Um, in, uh, where I recorded it, I told Eric Ritter, the producer and the engineer of the record at the windmill, great guy, love him. Um, I said, this is what I want to do. And, and I gave him a couple records that I was really heavily influenced by. And I said, listen to this and how can we do that? And after like 20 minutes of like, just listening to kind of stuff, him and I were, he just was like, I get it. You don't need to say anymore. I know exactly how we're going to do this. And it was just me in a room, microphones over me in front of me, but I wasn't never singing directly into a real mic for most of the songs. I'm not actually like on the mic. I'm it's in front of me just sitting there, me and acoustic guitar. And what you hear is exactly what you picture in your head of just, that's it. Um, it, yeah, so because the reason for that would be to kind of answer the other half of your question would be like when I was playing out, I, it would most of the time it would be just me and it would just be like me with an acoustic guitar. I have a backing band who I love. I love those guys. I'm grateful when we get to do it. But majority of this act is just me with an acoustic guitar. And the, a lot of the songs that um, I was playing would you know i would have to service it in just a guy with acoustic guitar and one of the reasons why i hated the last thing that i did was because there was all kinds of arrangements and shit and there was all kinds of weird things and i was trying to be like well i'm going to try and sound like chris stapleton i'm going to try and sound like tyler childers and you know and i was doing a whole bunch of arrangements and stuff but when i'm playing these songs out live it's just me with acoustic guitar i'd have to tell people i'm like these songs don't sound like that so I felt like I was already lying to people who were digging what I was doing. And that was kind of one of the reasons why I said, no, man, I'm going to go back and I'm just going to do it the way these songs should be done. And, you know, the cover songs on the record are just me with acoustic guitar. Cause that's how I, I originally heard those songs. That's how I wanted to portray them. The original material, I took the liberties of putting a little bass, little drums, you know, but this, the arrangements are very sparse as you can hear on the record. There's not a lot of band work on it, mm-hmm. um, but they were all done like live. As you said, it was just me in a room. That's exactly what it sounds like. I, and, I, and I didn't know, you know, what the process was. So uh, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, yeah. so, and, and in the the delay, it just came from you kind of nitpicking them and just not like wanting to to do it. The the covers or the originals? Everything. The covers were songs that I was doing live during my sets, and uh, I just knew those songs. I just know a lot of. I don't know if there's like you know how guys can get up there and they could do like you know they can be a jukebox. They can play any kind of song from the Beatles all the way to the Foo Fighters. You know they, they just do it. I can't do that. I could do that with these kind of songs though. I don't know why I just can't. Um, so I just went through like, what are the strongest songs in my set? Cause I'd play like, I knew like 40 songs, like old folk, bluegrass country, uh, blue songs. I just said, no, let me pick the ones that I, I, I enjoy doing the most and what I'm really strong at. So those songs ended up on the record like that. Um, but the other, I, I ended up writing all new material for like this record though. There's three, I think three, three songs from the last record. Yeah. That made it onto this one. The first song and a song called devil's fingers are how they were, they were going to be on the last album. There's another song on there called girl of lonesome days, which had like huge fucking backwards guitar solos and pianos and organs. And it was sounded like, I don't know. 
not at all what it should have been. And when I was just like, I was like, just I'm going to go out and just play the song. And that's what I did. I sat and I played it. And I was like, this, all it, all this song needs in my mind is a little spaghetti Western guitar, electric lead. And that's all I put on it. And that was it. Um, I mean, I just, and it's, it's weird. That's hence like the weird Americana, right. you know, I know. And I know this record's not for everybody, but like, you know, but hey Amen. it's, it, this is how I see this world of music. That's why I did it the way I did it. Yeah. And I was thinking, if, and this is the, the picture I guess that I paint in my head. So, I mean, that's just, it's just me, but you know, I always think of folk singers and songwriters as like older and that's not you. You're not old. Uh, I mean, is this, is, is, is folk music something that you've always loved? And that's like, is that, is that kind of the music you want to continue to, to create or, you know, what is this, you know, what you're doing now? And then, you know, you're now you're going to do something different under American Buffalo ghost, or maybe you go back to old charades or, or whatever. Well, yeah, I always loved this kind of music. Even when I was like in those clever foxes, I was always listening to, uh, folk music a lot of blues a lot of like real blues music um all kinds of it like the country blues left stuff stuff from like the 1920s and 30s all the way up to like muddy waters and stuff like that and then i always always listen to folk music and bluegrass music um so yeah this was always with me but you know i still love like rock and roll and i still love punk rock and alternative rock and stuff like that um yeah, like I, I, I mean, as far as like American Buffalo Ghost Banner, I could do whatever I want because like it's me. Like and like I already kind of have ideas flowing around for what I want to do with it, and you know, I don't want to make another one of these records because I don't just don't want to because I did it right here. Um, but you know, I'm still gonna play like folk music and folk songs. I still have a treasure trove of songs that I could, I could uh, change the arrangements of and make my own and stuff like that. Um, but as me as a person, like, and I, I, old charades is still a very active band is, you know, because you know, Jerry, Tom and I, we get together as often as we can to make music. We're still writing music. Um, you like, I'm actually talking to a couple other guys about doing some other projects musically. So it's like, you know, this isn't like my whole world, but it's the world that I'm most comfortable in. If that helps answer your question, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just—I don't know a lot of folk singers, and the folk singers that I like know or heard of are just older. That's all. Yeah. Well, it's just you know, I don't know. Maybe I mean I don't know. You're I mean, soul. I know a lot of guys who play like Woody Guthrie songs that are closer to my age and stuff like that, but. Um, well, we need guys like you to carry, you know, carry the torch and carry the and introduce people to that that style. Well, I appreciate the shit out of that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I guess I mean, like, it, it, I'm really not. I'm not really like thinking on the level of like being as like a, a, a um, of like a guy who's carrying the banner of Americana from Scranton and everything like that. I was thinking really truly like a personal thing for me. This album's incredibly personal because it was a statement of like, like I was ready to burn it all down because of how unhappy I was with the last thing I did, which will never come out. Um, and like, so for me, this was like a definite, like I did it this is exactly how it should have been from day one. And I knew I, and like, now I know I can do it. Um, but someone else said that to me about like how, like, uh, you know, someone on the internet could just Google this and hear it. And then they'll, they don't know what some of these folk songs are and they could hear it from you for the first time. And I was like, I was not thinking that at all, but you know, if that's how it works, you know, that's how it happened to me. You know, I just happened to hear a band do a folk song and then the rabbit hole happened. So I'll, I'll, you know, it's cool with me. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you got, someone's got to do it. Yeah. Why not you? What's up? I said, someone's got to do it. Why not you? Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, I, again, I wasn't really thinking like that. I wasn't trying to be like this. I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to like go paint a picture of like, I'm like this like blue collar, um, train hopping farmer kind of dust bull balladeer. Like, you know, a lot of my idols were, they, they were those guys. They right. were, you know, the Woody Guthrie and, and Cisco Houston, lead belly and all these guys, you know, no, I'm, I went to Coffin high school, you know, I'm born in the eighties. Um, but you know, but if you believe in it and you're sincere enough, it will come through regardless of the time and background that you have. I mean, I mean, just look at, you know, all you got to do is say, look at a guy like, uh, Eric Clapton, you know, or, or Keith Richards, you know, they're from England and they're pretty far away from the American South. But yet look what they did to the blues mm -hmm. because they believed in it, you know? Yeah. So I guess it kind of goes like that. Yeah. So, uh, as far as, you know, this year goes, do you have any plans for shows? I've already done a couple. <laughs> um, I was like, you know, I'm just at the mercy of it. Like every other musician at this point, man, like, I'm hoping things get going. I know some venues are starting to open up and they've already reached out to me. So I'm just waiting for like the, the calendar to be put in front of me and stuff like that. So I'm really grateful about that. Um, but that's not going to be till mid summer, mid late summer, but uh, which is not that far away. Really? I mean, we're already in late May. May. It's middle um, of May. Washington is what's the 18th of May right now or 17th. I, I like it was March and then I was just like, Oh, there it is. And it's May. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean like things are starting to open up. There's some opportunities coming up, but I'm not really like banking on a lot. And I don't, and that's not a dig at any venue and anywhere in particular, just because of like last year we said, Oh, this is going to be two weeks to a month here. We we're still here. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm I'm more hopeful than I was last year about doing more shows than I want to, you know, because I got a record to sell and everything, yeah. um, and and promote to people. But hey, man, I'm just taking it one day at a time, like everybody else. So. Yeah, one question I ask a lot of bands and, and artists um, that I talk to is, and we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I mean, how how was it for you as you know, being a musician who you know performed regularly um to have that kind of taken from you i mean obviously as a as, a, as an artist you can still continue to create at home and things like that but as far as having that uh, ability to share your music with people perform it on stage you know have an audience that's no longer you know an option How, did that have an effect on you yeah um but it did But I kind of didn't look at it as well. Initially, I did. I did after like the first month because I lost some serious gigs I had lined up, and they were going to be really great gigs. And I was, you know, money's nice, but you know, like I was just looking forward to really playing some great shows, and I was going to get a nice paycheck after a couple gigs and stuff. And uh, but initially, I was actually thrilled because I I think of myself as a weekend warrior. I don't know if you're familiar with that term with you musicians. Do you know what that I, is? I, I, well, I mean, I'm going to take a stab in the dark here. Um, you play on the weekends, every weekend. Um, yeah, essentially, like, you're out every weekend, either, like, in the tri-state area of right. your area. So, like, one, a weekend yeah. warrior. I was, like, weekend warrior 10 years plus. Yeah. That shit took a toll. I mean, granted, I'm not like, you know, these guys who live on the road and, you know, that's the real thing though. But I really enjoyed the time off initially. Then it got real irritating when I saw how long this was going. And then it be, kind of became, uh, that's a hard one. That's actually kind of hard to think about because and then it kind of became like, well, nobody else is doing anything. So it's not like you're losing ground if like in that mentality of like, you know, someone's progressing ahead of you if they're, if you're in a competition with somebody, I'm not. Um, but like just that mentality of like, everybody was on the same playing field. 
Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like you, it wasn't like I couldn't do shows. Nobody could do shows. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? yep. Yeah. So it's like, uh, so once I got that mindset, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, you just got to sit and accept it at this point. Yeah. You know, there was, I, you know, I could kick the dirt all day, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to be in the same spot as I was last week. Um, you know, but now things are starting to open up. Yeah, you want to get back out there. You want to start getting it because I only played four shows last year, four, four or five shows over the year. That's obscene. I couldn't tell you the last time I had like that much time off. Um, uh, But I like to go back to what we said. I use that time personally to reflect and really, really clear the headspace out a little bit and. I think taking time off was not only uh, what I could have wanted subconsciously, but what I really needed because I was newly married. You know, I wanted to savor that a little bit. Um, Still am. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, but I think, I think hopefully by the end of this year, I'll be getting back out there doing more of that, trying to recoup some of that lost ground and stuff. Yeah. But I was still playing music like every single day in my house. So I kept my chops tight and I I really did not let the dust set. Good. And I made a point of being like, yeah, just because you're not playing out on a Friday or Saturday night anymore, that doesn't mean you can't put in the work and practice. And that's kind of what I meant by like working on myself. I was like, I was like, no motherfucker. Like you got to put in the hours now. Yeah. I was like, you got to fucking, you got to get some chops. And that I did. I think I did anyway. Yeah, I mean, outside of the fact that people unfortunately lost their lives, their livelihood, um, uh, a plethora of just bad things happened from this. But, um, you know, it forced people to really slow down. I mean, we're a a culture and a society that just like is moving and and 24-7, I feel like, and everyone is accessible, whether it's, you know, email or social media or, or all that stuff. And you're saying, I mean, you're working full time during the week and then you're jumping in your car and going to play shows. I think that's got to be a grind for you and, and anybody else that's doing that. And it just, it was probably really good, again, outside of the fact that people, you know, were. No, I know exactly what you're saying. I agree 100%. Yeah. Not, not to cut you off there, but like, is, is like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here saying like, oh, I had a great reflective period and everything like that. Like, no, I'm very much aware of that, you know, they're, worst case scenario families were destroyed you know you know lives were ruined because of this and people lost their jobs not just musicians that i know that you know lost their gig on the road because they're road dogs you know guys who just work just work they lost their jobs too i was very fortunate that i have a job that allowed me to work from home still do and you know i bitch and complain about my job a lot but i'm very grateful to still have a steady paycheck while working safely from home, making sure my wife is okay, making sure our dogs are okay. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for the underlying, uh, I don't know, current or whatever the word is that happened over the year, but being very much aware of like, it could have been so much fucking worse. Yeah. On many levels. Yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of just talking out loud just in general, just, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But again, it, it kind of forces us to slow down and, and, you know, take it. Those who took advantage of it, I think will come out, you know, better. Yeah. You know, yeah, you have to, you have, or if you don't, you didn't do it right. That's, I mean, don't want to sound like a dick, but you know, if you're going to come out of this, the same person you were when we went into it, then you need more than a quarantine to figure your shit out. You know what I mean? Well, I don't. I don't know if I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm going backwards <laughs> at times. <laughs> He's sort of a bitch. <laughs> He's talking shit on me, bro. Set me up. <laughs> no, no, man. But no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I. Uh, I wish I would have. Someone said I wish I would have like taken advantage of the time home. Uh, maybe worked out a little bit. Have you gone for some more walks? But for me, I mean, like, I got to stay home with my kid. I, I was fortunate where my job that I had, um, we worked from home, which was a surprise. I was I was shocked that uh, 
the, the employer that I had allowed us to do that initially. Um, I think if they had their way, they would have had us back in like April, but that's beside the point. Yeah, no, I, yeah. My wife and I work for the same company and uh, they were really trying to like start to like, it was like around October, I think. They were really trying to push that like, all right, guys, you know, everything's still kind of falling apart, but let's get back to work now. And it just was like, you know, October was like when like Trump got it in October. You know, I'm not I'm not taking a political side. I'm just stating date facts like the president of the United States fucking got it. Yeah, I'm not going back to a fucking office <laughs> like, you know, like, what are you out of your mind? You know, um, and I think that was kind of the wake up call that they, all right, I guess we got to keep you home. Um, yeah. So I, I, you and I are on the same level with the, everything though. What was that like staying home with a kid? Uh, it was, so my son is very much and still is uh, a mama's boy. So he wanted my wife to do everything for him. So, and as much as I try, like I, I was, I've always been, the, the husband and the father that, you know, I want to be very involved. Like I want to try it. I want to be part of his life and, and do things. So it's not on my wife a hundred percent, but he wasn't having it. Like, you know, mommy does bath. Mommy puts me to bed, mommy, this mommy, that. So, I mean, for me, I took advantage of it in that, you know, I was home with him five days a week. She was, she'd work from home every other day, which was great because, you know, trying to work, I'll also make sure your kid doesn't jump off the couch and take a, a head dive into the table uh, can be a bit of a challenge. Um, but the days she was home and we were together, it was uh, a little more manageable, but I have pictures of my kid. It was funny. We'd have a, a zoom meeting every morning at eight 30. Like I'm like, okay. Like just to make sure like we're up and dressed and like yeah. the day. Right. I guess. But so he would sit next to me and he would like draw with like, actually might even have been this note, this notebook, but uh, you know, he grabbed my pen and was, he was scribbling. And then I was on the call. He disappeared, went into the other half of the house into the living room. Um, I'm on the zoom calls taking longer than it needs to take. And they all do. But um, so I got off and, he's quiet and I walk in to the living room and he had my pen and he drew all over like the beige colored couch. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even mad at him. I was just like, what did you do? Your mother's going to be so mad. <laughs> you immediately, immediately shifted. Oh, you're in deep shit, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea. We got to get this covered up before your mother gets home. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want you getting in trouble. Oh my God. I, That's I, such a bad thing. That's awesome. And oh, I, I felt, I felt bad too, because like, I, I didn't, I didn't get mad. I didn't yell at him, but like he, he knew like he fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. He knew. And I felt bad. I, 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 I used to teach, uh, kids like little kids of like from ages of like three, four, five, all the way up to like teenage stuff like that. And, uh, um, and stuff and uh i you could read the, the body language of a a six-year-old real quick or like a five-year-old real quick it's like you know what you did with drunk yeah, yeah you feel bad about it i do now yeah yeah all right well then let's let it go <laughs> yeah but i mean i i wouldn't i i do value that time that i had home with him because uh we're cool now yeah partly as far as like he just kind of likes me now <laughs> yeah. Let me do things. So, which is, cool, man. I'm sure it's a help for my wife too. So, you got it. I mean, but yeah. But, you know, my wife and I were not there yet. There was one of the few things that did not come out of the quarantine. We got another dog. And I was like, that's good for right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids are not for everyone. Uh, I love kids, just not right now because I'm. Dude. I had spaghettios for lunch. You think I'm ready for a kid? Like, <laughs> well, it's perfect. Guess what they eat too. You just have it with them. Well, that's mine. Not eat my spaghettios. <laughs> you can't take my spaghettios. <laughs> it's one of those things I wish I did earlier. Uh, I, we didn't have him until I was 35. 
Um, but we were just like, we did it when we were both ready. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was in school forever. Um, and we enjoyed traveling and we enjoyed each other. And we just finally said, all right, I think now it's time we should try. It was, it was a hard decision. Cause like we really enjoyed having the time to ourselves. And like I said, just going on a weekend trip somewhere or whatever it might be. And I remember vividly, we were outside of my friend's house about to go into a party and we were talking about, you know, the kid thing. And we both like, we're just like on the same page and said, like, if we don't do it, we'll regret it when we're, you know, 65 years old. Yeah. And um, my wife turns 30 next year. And uh, like, we're, we're still traveling and doing a lot of of stuff. Like we're going to, we're going to Deadwood later this year. Um, We're going to new Orleans for her 30th birthday and stuff. But it's like, like the, the kid, is in the picture down the road a little bit, uh, but we're still just having. I mean, we're we're still newlyweds. I mean, we yeah. got married December 2019, right before the fucking world ended. Okay, <laughs> so like our first year of marriage was being stuck in a house together. For, for together. So um, it's that's a story. Yeah. Um, but you know, we want to kind of like get back a little bit of that time that we missed of like traveling and stuff. We were able to travel a little bit here and there, but it was like you know, we want to go do things. Yeah, no, I, dude, I get it. I'm not, I'm not pushing you to have to have a kid now. Yeah, you're a little, little, you're, little, you're, little, you're pushing a little bit. You're, you're no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I said, I said when you're ready. I just said yeah. I wish I did it earlier. <laughs> but if, you're, if you do it like I did, you'll be 35, and you know. You'll have plenty of years to have fun and you'll be ready. You'll be ready. I like kids, but again, I had spaghettios for lunch. I'm not quite there yet. I love spaghetti. I love my favorite is probably beefaroni. Oh uh, no, just give me the straight old school spaghettios. No, beefaroni too. That's all I need. Mean. I'm just upset like, there's so much sodium in it though. Like, what the hell? Well, hey man, like talk about fucking sodium and shit. Like I was so pissed off from my last week of work and today that I'm like, fuck it. I got in my wife's car, went to the grocery store and I bought a steak and like mushrooms and I came home and I grilled a steak. Like you ever like angrily cook something? You ever get like where you're like in a kitchen and you're just like watching, like you're watching something cook? It's a fascinating feeling because I'm I just took a slab of meat and throw it on a fucking grill and I'm just like <laughs> like staring at it. Just like like now you're gonna get it, motherfucker. Like I'm just watching this steak cook and I'm like taking my frustrations out on this this great piece of meat here and um just like cooking and everything and I'm just like Ugh. and I'm, like I'm eating it. Didn't even enjoy it. <laughs> eating. And you know, <laughs> but you know, you know that feeling though, where you're just like hate cook. So I, I hate grilled. I, I don't think I've ever done that. And the oh, fact, that, and then the, the fact that you're like, I, that's it. I'm going to the store. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's me. That that that's that's what I do. I don't I don't get I don't want to get into a shouting match. I don't want to throw things. I don't want to. I don't want to bang my fist on I'm the table. Cook this shit I'm, out of some food. I'm gonna go to the grocery store and buy a grill and just fucking just, <laughs> just like just nostrils flaring up with rage as I watch this steak cook and I'm eating it and then I put on like Family Guy or something just. To, just <laughs> and she's walking out the door and I'm like, bye, and eating my steak. <laughs> And you finish, you blacked out. You're like, what, what happened? What just happened hey, here? Like, lay back. I'm just, uh, it's like I got, like, uh, you know, seasoning salt on my face. Oh, yeah, man. that's life. That's how I've been, apart from making the record. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anger cooking and writing songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can take it. There's worse things. <laughs> Folk songs and the angry dinner. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> There you go. Volume oh two. God. Oh man. Well, I'm glad to see you're doing well. I'm glad to see you're not divorced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, me I, I made it through. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like if you can make it through that, you, I mean, you can make it through anything. Yeah, yeah, that's what a, that's what a lot of people told us, and we're just like laughing and everything though. But I guess it's kind of true. I mean, like, it is just like shit. You know, there's some shit. It just like we weren't even like you know you don't plan for something like this. December of 2019, I what like the, you had no concept that this was going to happen back then. You know what I mean? Like no fucking idea. Um, and then you know you just look in a couple months and the world's completely different. And it wasn't even like it wasn't just like well I guess we're stuck here. It was just literally like that's some shit. You know, yeah. like I remember like January, like when it all kind of started and everything, I was like, that's not going away. Like, you know, come home from work cause you're still going to work and come home from work and be like, yeah, that coronavirus, thing, that is, that's not going away. Yes. People are talking about that. And here we are. And, and her and I are just, just, we just wrote it out together, got vaxxed and we're okay. Just been safe. There you go. Hmm. Well, it's good news. Yeah. 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 Good news. So happy, happy wife, happy life great record it's all good i you know the the record was priority there for a minute i was like i've been next to you for a while now you can take care of yourself she she couldn't get home in time for you to do this podcast i mean this was like i said before this is the most important podcast that you'll ever do in your life she couldn't she couldn't do that for you no, no, no. <laughs> totally kidding. If she watches no, this stuff, no, you, know you know what? Just you saying it, there's a pack of hot dogs. I'm going to just fucking, or spaghetti. I'm just going to take it out on. You're going to, you're going to remember that you're going to take that back to your wife and be like, have you ever, how do I say this? Angrily cooked anything? <laughs> And you're gonna look at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I don't no, think that's... you're gonna get pissed off. Something's gonna happen. You're just gonna be like, fucking, uh, we're making French toast. We <laughs> scramble these fucking eggs. Yeah. I don't know why. Why I was so pissed off at the steak today? It was really tasty, and I just was like angrily looking at it, like all of the world's problems. My my car's due for inspection. Fuck this steak. You know, I don't know. It's a long um... week. You keep saying it's a long week, and it's Monday. Like, I, I can't. I, I hope the rest of the week gets better for you. I hope so for my pots and pans. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, the, for the food, the food's yeah. sake. That's uh, yeah. But yeah, man, it's been it's been you know it just like everybody else. But um, making a record, you know, making this record, I'm proud of it. Um, it's true to my soul. I believe in it, and uh, I'm very like very very proud of it. Um, I could not ask for a, for it to turn out any better. And uh, it's, and it's, I really want to get out and play it. And I really like, just want to get it going and stuff like that. And uh, it's kind of weird though, because like when you and I talked last, that song was out, that song got picked up. I don't know if I mentioned that to you. It got picked up by some radio stations out Colorado, West Texas, that little chunk of the country. And people were like really kind of, hit me up out of nowhere. And I was like, I don't know who these people are. And I was looking and they were like fucking from like that part of the country. And I was like panicking, like legit panicking. I was just like, fuck. I was like, the record sucks. And these people are out, out there waiting for it. I'm, I'm fucked. Like I'm so fucked. Um, so that was kind of also one of the reasons why I was like, I got to get rid of this thing and start from scratch. But I, I could not be more thrilled with the current record that I have out. So proud of it. Maybe you should like, I don't know, write a documentary or something. I I did do a doc. I didn't personally do it. <laughs> Little segue. Yeah, I set yeah. you up. I set yeah. you up. My, I didn't forget. No, my no, my my good friend Tim McDermott. He's a well-respected guy in the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area. Really good guy. Um, he approached me. Cause I was just casually talking to him. It's like we touch base a lot. And like, uh, like we're, we're always just been in communication and stuff. And, uh, said what I was going to do. I was like, I'm going to go into this recording studio and I'm going to do this record and the whole story. And I just casually said to him, I was like, would you want to just come and take photos or something? Cause he was looking for a reason to get out of the house a little bit and everything. And he's like, no man, I want to film this. And I was like, oh, all right. And, 
man, he came in and he did it his way and he filmed this me making this record. And I was like, I saw it in like the document. I was like, documentary's better than the record. I was like, there's plot, there's slight drama. And I was like, it's a 15 minute short you made. And yet I was like, how'd you do it? And like this kind of little thing. Um, it's up on YouTube. It's called Two Days in February. Oh, cool. And I want I want him to get all the attention that he can for it because it's a brilliant little piece of filmmaking he did. He shot it, he edited it, and uh, it was totally his idea. He ran with it, and I just did whatever. And he was, he was like, uh, I don't know. It, it was like... It was like watching one of those like kind of music documentaries. Like I always watch like uh, the movie like I'm Trying to Break Your Heart, which is the Wilco documentary, and then there's like Let It Be, of course, with the Beatles, um, and then like just like any kind of like music documentary. And you're always like, I always had that. I was like, I wonder what it's like to be a musician and have a guy just like when you're trying to figure something out here. There's a guy like eight feet to your right filming you. I always wondered what that would be like, and I got to see what it's like. If he's there, I could do that all the time because he's great, you know. Um, but yeah, I, it was a great, great experience working with him. Uh, and he shot the the photo that's on the album. That's the album cover, by the way. Oh, cool. the, yeah, he, that was his idea as well to take it the way he did it um, and, and everything. He was so involved. And um, I don't know why he wanted to be so involved. I'm very grateful for him to, you know, great friend. Um, but he was just like, I have a complete idea and I want to do it. I was like, I'm here. Let's do it. Awesome. So, yeah, it was great. Go check that out. I will. Definitely. That's great. That's awesome. Well, the record's great. Even uh, coming from a, a non-folk kind of guy. I, yeah. appreciate, I appreciate it for what it is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. No, you know what? That's all I can ask for because, like, you know, I know what I'm doing and I know what this record is and I know it is not for everybody. I mean, like, you know, that's especially, and I make like, this is a hard folk record. Like this, this is, this is like real traditional strip shit. And, um, you know, that's not like what, um, that's not going to be some huge life changing selling thing. You know, that wasn't the point, but, uh, um, I know it's not for everybody, but I appreciate someone like you. Well, I know your music background. I know what you're into and everything, you know, but for you to like it, you know, I must have done something right. <laughs> well, I'm honored that you would think that. Thank you very much. Thank you. But yeah, American Buffalo Ghost, folk songs, and the weird Americana, and then also the uh, documentary on YouTube, Two Days in February. Definitely going to check that out. But, uh, and I'm assuming this is streaming everywhere right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's on Spotify. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, I'll, uh, it's on Spotify. I won't go too far into uh, the whole thing, but I had to jump through some hoops a little bit <clears throat> because okay. uh, the tax man still wanted their money. On, and I thought, you know, these songs are public domain for a reason because they're over 100 years old. But apparently, according to some people, they said, nope, was our money. So I had to go through a little bit of some stuff, but it's on Spotify, which is let's not bullshit each other. Everybody just goes to Spotify anyway, yeah. you know, um, but it's on Bandcamp as well. Um, and uh, so you can listen to it and purchase it digitally on Bandcamp and uh, stream it on Spotify. Cool. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's out, it's out there in the world. Awesome. Well, I hope that I see you uh, soon. I, I haven't seen you in person since uh, it was 2019. I want to say, September or October at Carl Hall. Holy shit, was it that long ago? Yeah, you did the we were doing the Alternatives Underground. I remember that. I think yeah. you opened for Send Request. That was the weirdest thing, man. So, yeah, that's what you're like you kept saying like, "Oh, this is so weird." Like, I'm, I my music is nothing like theirs. I'm like, "Yeah, but that's why I did it. I want to I want to introduce like people like like imagine if they came for Send Request and they saw you first and like, "Wow, this guy's really good." I never it was I yeah. never would have, uh, you know, looked him up or been into him, but he's—I have to because he's in my face right now. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, that was a weird show because I was like, these fucking kids, these are—I can say that—they're like kids coming to see a pop punk band. And they're cool guys. Send request guys, cool as shit. Um, but I was like, what the fuck's this about? Um, 
I had fun. I didn't care. You know, so uh, people dug it. That was the cool part. So it all worked out. I can't believe it was that long ago. I do remember that show, though, because what happened, as it normally does when you and I get into a room and there's beer, we completely disregard the whole fucking world and we just start talking about radio stories. Yeah. That's all that happened. And we never had any any together, which is weird. No, never. Not one. But yet we could just go on about stuff, which is the weirdest. You and I have like that weird little in with each other of just like, hey, let me, and and then that's it. Everything gets shut down. Well, I think it all started um, at Cafe 99. I can't tell you what year it was because I can't remember that far back. But I remember the Menzingers came on the jukebox. And I'm looking on the, the bar. I'm like, who's playing this? I want to shake their fucking hand. And I saw you across the bar, like, singing it. I'm like, it must have been you. And I'm like, yo, dude, yeah. good yeah. pick. I still go to Captain 99. I fucking love that bar. Yeah. Shout out Captain 99 and Wilkesbury. I have not Great been job. there in so long. It's been so long. I can't, I could not tell you the last time I was there. I was there last week. <laughs> first time in a while. I think, like, the first time in, like, since the quarantine, everything like able to sit at the bar and, and like the tables and stuff. Yeah. It was like last week I was there. I yeah. ate so many fucking chicken wings. It was great. You better eat them now before they're gone. I actually asked beforehand if they were able to sell chicken wings. I said, yeah. And yeah, I don't know if anybody that's, this is going to be such a weird little thing of like our time and space would be like, there was no chicken wings, which is yeah. my personal nightmare. I don't know about yours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love a good chicken wing. But. So, all right, man. Well, I'll let you go for the evening. Thanks again for doing this. Best of luck with uh, the new record. Best of luck getting out there and promoting it. And again, hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah, man. It's been too long. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you so much for uh, letting me do this and uh, just bullshitting and catching up with you, man, because it, it's very, uh, very, very much needed. Thank you so much for having me on. You got it, man. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. See ya.